0: today I want to bring you a special episode we're going to be interviewing Dr. Jessica Peck Dr. Peck is a pediatric nurse a practitioner in primary care she's been doing this over the last 20 plus years and she's really Has a heart for young men, helping young men and families to engage in better environments, encouraging, equipping, and even empowering families to really raise up holistic, healthy young men out there, kids in general. And she has a real passionate for underserved children, young men, kids, and very much is involved in anti-trafficking, which, man, I love that. And she's really found herself trying to help families and young men promote you know physical, mental, emotional, relational, even spiritual health. She's a speaker, she has her own podcast. She is I think she's on I may have this wrong, but I think she's on the board of or something along those lines with Baylor University, somewhere along the lines there helping some way with that organization and that university. And She's also got a new book that just came out called Behind Closed Doors, and that was one of the reasons that I wanted to interview her and get her on here today. So we'll talk a little bit about her and what she's up to and a little bit about the book, give her a chance to speak to you guys. I've been looking for somebody for a long time that could really speak more to the mental health aspect and probably a little darker side of what you young, some of you young men might be facing. And I'm telling you, she might be someone that I'll be having on in the future to discuss some of those uh, harder issues. But anyway, here is the interview now. Hey guys, welcome into another edition of the Thrive Hood podcast. That's right, Uncle Tim is here. I have somebody very special with me today. Welcome in, Dr. Jessica L. Peck. Doctor, welcome in.
1: Thank you so much much Tim for
0: having me fantastic okay let's just jump right into this we were talking a little bit before this interview started you just wrote a book behind closed doors and I want to jump into that book here in just a minute but a couple of things first of all tell us just briefly a little bit about yourself
1: Sure. Well, I am a pediatric nurse practitioner, and I have been for 20 years. I have four teenagers of my own, 19, 17, 15, and 13, two girls, two boys, and I'm a professor of nursing at Baylor University, and um, I'm married to a rocket scientist, which seems to derail the conversation, but I'll just go ahead and put that out there. He's (laughs) amused at the perception. I'm the smart one in the relationship when he is a rocket scientist, (laughs) but we live in Houston, and... Yeah, but
0: we live in Houston and uh, ha- and have my whole life. So, I, I'm a little confused. Uh, if he's a rocket scientist, come on, doctor, you were supposed to be a brain surgeon. All right, where where what happened? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know I missed the boat on that. one. I missed the
0: boat. <laughs> hey, so I want to jump right into this, and I'm gonna we're gonna get to your book in a minute. But you and I were were chatting, and I have not. So Thrivehood's been around for we're coming up on two years, and I have always been hungry to find somebody that could really speak to mental health issues, whether that's social media anxiety or or issues there with suicide sexting, you know, substance abuse, on and on and on, and been looking for quite a while. And whenever we were able to connect, I was excited. So I, I want to talk about the book, but man, there is two burning questions that I think. While I'm not qualified to speak to that. It's just Uncle Tim, you know, sharing a bunch of gobbledygook, and maybe something's, you know, sticks for these young men. You can speak to that. You are definitely someone in that arena. Tell me, this is my big sixty-four thousand dollar question: What are some of the issues that teens Gen Zers are facing these days?
1: Oh, I'd love to answer this question because Gen Z is facing things today that previous generations simply did not face. We did not encounter social media. We flat out didn't have it. Sexting, vaping, cyberbullying, even pornography is radically different than what we had before. We have gender identity issues. We have social justice, all of these these things are new. And I think that what's driving the mental health crisis is two things. First of all, facing all of these new threats is just absolutely overwhelming. We were not designed to live at the speed of a smartphone. Getting all of the world's bad news in one minute, you know, that you can scroll through. And also the pressures of having to be Insta-ready. There is no rest. There is no escape. Even if you don't have social media or you don't have a smartphone, that's constantly a pressure around you. Someone can post something about you or a picture of you. And all of this has just created a disconnect from meaningful relationships. We have these online engagements, but we know as old school, old school Gen X or baby boomers that nothing replaces that value of that face-to-face relationships. So that's one, new threats we never saw before. The second thing is actually a great thing about Gen Z because they are willing to talk about mental health in a way that previous generations have been unable to do. Every generation has has had an unhealthy coping mechanism for mental health. World War II was stoic. We had the silent generation who didn't speak. We had the baby boomers who were the free love generation all about themselves. We had Gen X who were latchkey kids and learned to be independent and self Sufficient, and then millennials who were overcompensated in parenting by their Gen X parents. Uh, so what we have now is Gen Z. And this was really evident in some Biles withdrawing from the uh, Olympics or other really prominent athletes who have been very open about their mental health struggles. And immediately the narrative says, oh, they're a traitor. They're a hero. And the truth is neither. They are just young people struggling with mental health. And so that's the two things that I see driving today's conversation about mental health and Gen Z.
0: So you something that I, that was great. And something that I was expecting to hear that you didn't say was the impact of coronavirus. We've heard so much about, well, that's causing this and that's causing that. Did that have some impact as well, in your opinion?
1: Well, if you can imagine everything leading up to that as a powder keg, and coronavirus was just the fuse that lit everything on fire, it definitely was a devastating social and psychological injury to teens. It dramatically impacted their whole life trajectory. I mean, you can think, talking generationally, you might remember where you were when JFK was shot, or the Challenger exploded, or 9 11. This is that sentinel moment for, uh, for Gen Z. But I think they have an advantage. That we didn't have before, because again, they're willing to talk about it freely on their peers, on TikTok, even, you know, you have these open conversations that just didn't exist before. And it really grieves me that previous generations mock them and mm. belittle that and call them weak or snowflakes. I think it's the opposite. I think they're actually incredibly brave.
0: So that that's interesting that you say that they are open to talk about this that is huge, in my opinion. And I, I think, the guys, if you're listening, obviously you are, it, it, pay attention to that. I, I think there, and we could go down the whole bunny trail of masculinity and the loss of that and what's toxic masculinity and manhood, which is what we're all about. But I, I think the point that you're making is that, and I'm cur- and encouraged, I am encouraged to hear is that, you know, they're not alone. I think I even did an episode last year about, you know, a lot of these boys—they're sort of dealing with uh, psychological and social and mental and all these issues, and they're thinking, "Well, gosh, I must be the only one." And and so, while in fact you're dealing with maybe something different than the guy next to you, you're all still "quote unquote" dealing with something, right? And so you're actually not alone. <laughs> you're sort of you're sort of in a group. So uh, to your point. Talk about it. Maybe, you know, find somebody what's, uh, what you know, I think that's really important. Is it, would you agree?
1: Well, Tim, I can tell you as a pediatric nurse practitioner in practice, I talk to young men every single day in my practice. There is not one day that doesn't go by that I don't have someone who's presenting with some sort of mental health concern. And they usually don't walk in my clinic and say, oh, I'm having trouble Sleeping and eating. Um, I think I might be depressed, and I would like some help with that. <laughs> That's not how it happens. <laughs> they come in and say, "I got a headache. I, uh, you know, I can't sleep. I think I might have mono. Like, do I have cancer or something like that?" But just for me, knowing that, being able to recognize it, it's a safe, confidential place. So I would encourage any young man out there listening. If you're thinking maybe this is something I'm struggling with, maybe I am anxious, maybe I am depressed go to your primary health care provider. We are ready and willing to have those conversations. We have those conversations every single day. And I think sometimes it's so much harder for men to have, young men to have an outcry that they think, no, I've got to be tough or, you know, that's for, you know, it, it be, having anxiety is something I see a lot of girls talking about, but I'm telling you behind closed doors, That is what I see every single day. You are not alone. We can connect you to services. And I'll just say last, it's really important for young men to have a meaningful connection to other adults in their life. Actually research those five. So I would challenge you out there thinking right now, do you have five people you have listed in your smartphone that you know, I can call at two o'clock in the morning, no questions asked. If you don't have the Kind of people you need that in your life, and so I would encourage you talk to your coach, your pastor, your parents, whoever that is in your life, to say, "Hey, I need to put you in my smartphone as somebody that can be a go-to for me."
0: Fantastic! That is incredible advice. I think that's awesome. And you had just touched on behind closed doors, which is what we want to get to—the new book that just came out. Tell me, I guess, the first question and tell the listeners, how did this book come about?
1: Well, as a professor, I'm very alarmed at the research that's emerging on Gen Z. As a pediatric nurse practitioner, I am heartbroken meeting families behind closed doors and teens behind closed doors every day in a situation they never saw coming. That's really devastating. And as a Mom of four teens. I mean, I'm living this uh, every single day and I know the heartbreak of wanting to be a good parent and just feeling like you're failing miserably on a personal level. I come from a generational pattern of broken relationships. So I, I know what that's like. I'm I don't have any relationship with my parents, raising teens without my parents. So I know that, you know, life is not always the white picket fence and the perfect home. And so I really wanted to speak into that. And sitting in my backyard in in March of 2020, quarantined with the rest of the world. I knew what was on the horizon. I knew what was coming. And I really wanted to equip and encourage and empower families, uh, parents and young people, this generation, to find a path of resilience going forward.
0: Love it. I love it. It's speaking very much to the heart of what Thrivehood is all about, I believe. So let's dive into the book a little bit here, doctor. The you, and I, I like how you broke it down into three sections. First section is behind the clinic door. Just give us a little snapshot here without maybe giving the book away of what does that first section entail in the book?
1: Oh, I'll give the book away anytime I can because I want so many people. I think it would be so helpful. But behind the clinic door, you know, if you're a young person and you've been to a primary care provider recently, you should have been asked to stay behind that door without your parent and have that opportunity for that one-on-one talk. So this section behind the clinic door is everything that I say, everything to know what to expect. I want to to demystify and destigmatize that experience to say, here is everything that I'm talking about. Here's the health advice I'd give you. Here's how I'm going to evaluate it. Here's the tests that you can expect. Here's the path forward you can expect. And here's basically how to protect your health as a nurse practitioner. I care about emotional health, social health, mental health, relational health, sexual health. All of those things are part of our physical health. So that's behind the clinic door. Behind the heart door is how do I translate this to my life? Okay, I get this information in the clinic. What does that mean to me? How do I talk to somebody in my life about that? And even if your parent is not initiating this, this would give you ideas. It gives ideas for movie night, like ask somebody over to watch a movie and then start a conversation about it or look up some athletes who have been public with their struggle about pornography or mental health or substance abuse. And what are some guided questions to talk about that? And then behind the hard door, that's the spiritual component, because if you look at the reality of the landscape facing our teens today, there's such a disconnect between what parents want it to be and what we think it will be and then what it really is. And so sometimes parents are afraid to initiate those conversations because they think, I don't want to expose you to something you're not already exposed to. But the reality is we can't protect our teens from everything, and parents are usually shocked when they know what their teens are already exposed to. So how can we talk about those things in a developmentally appropriate way that's not trauma, you know, trauma-inducing, and how can we take care of your heart in that moment? So I've got playlists that go with each chapter, I've got some um, devotional and meditational questions, and just ways to take care of your heart as you walk through these things that are really difficult.
0: Wow, you know, we could... I could spend two hours here <laughs> asking you <laughs> questions. There's so much of what you just said that I could. I don't know we may have to have you back, but I just would would love to just dive into all these little nuggets of information uh, that you're providing to these young guys. I i i would I would say too that I don't know that it, life gets better. You know, and some of my episodes, I've sp- I've spoke to maybe you can speak to this too is i've spoke to these young men about another part of the the uh, the part or the piece of thrivehood that is important also that i try to convey is why not do the best that you can with what you're given and who you are now so that when you start moving into adulthood you don't have all the baggage You don't have all the vices. You don't have all of the issues that maybe your friends and your buddies are already dealing with at age 16, 18, 22 years old, because man, life is going to knock you down. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what the skull, the color of your skin is. I don't care whether you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter. You know, fat, skinny, ugly, beautiful. It doesn't matter. Life is no respecter. So I I think you have... Gosh, I'm just sitting there. I want to ask you a whole bunch of questions, but I'm just trying to keep it on I'll the board. So, I'll
1: come back, Tim. It's okay. Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, we can maybe do that again. But I like, th- th- which to my point, I'm trying to make a here. to my point about behind closed doors is you, that's what you're doing. You're trying to help them eliminate as, as many issues as they possibly can early in life because life is going to knock you down, right?
1: It's so true. And what I want to say is I want to decrease the shame and stigma surrounding those challenging moments. So often I see young men who get themselves in a situation they just weren't prepared for, and then they don't know how to get out of it. And it just goes on and on. And by the time they say something, by the time they ask for help, then they've already endured a lot of trauma. And I want to say, hey, right when you find yourself in that situation, it's okay. We all make mistakes. There is no one who is perfect. So just say it now. Let us help you now. You know, get out of it now, whether that's your again, your coach, your primary care provider, your parent, your teacher, um, somebody at your church, somebody that you trust, if you reach out and say something, then you're going to save yourself a lot of trauma down the road. And I think that you know that is something that we really we we don't do very well. We look at we see cancel culture and we see this one behavioral struggle, this one decision and all of a sudden it defines your whole character mm-hmm. and it determines the trajectory of your life and I want to tell you listening that is a lie. You can reject that. You can be a great guy who made a bad choice. And you can recover from that. There is hope. There is grace walking forward in truth and in relationship with someone else. It does not have to define your character or the trajectory of your life.
0: Oh, God, that is so powerful. That is absolutely powerful. I am. I'm going to have you back (laughs) because, gosh, we could talk about this for hours. So and you I always like to leave my episodes when i'm interviewing somebody with them having the last word you've golly you've said so much already but uh and maybe that was it right there what would be a final message whether it's a piece of advice some encouragement a bit of wisdom whatever a nugget that these young guys listening today can take away as uh, as we close this out and thanks again dr peck for being a part of this program
1: sure It's been such a joy to talk to everybody. And I'm picturing all of these young men out here listening. And I want to say something specifically to you. You don't realize it yet, but your life story is just beginning. You have so much life to live ahead of you. And if you're feeling like you're in a place where there is no hope and where every day seems bleak and dreary, I want to tell you this won't last forever. There is hope for you. There is hope for your story. Your life matters. You are amazing and fearfully and wonderfully made. And you have amazing characteristics that are going to bless other people and other relationships that you're going to have. There is someone who cares about you. Talk to them if you're having any trouble at all. Just reach out and say something. Your life matters. There is hope for your story.
0: This podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed by guests are not necessarily those of the host. Please seek the advice of a trusted adult or qualified professional on matters specific
1: to your needs. Sick of being upsold at gyms?